Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast, the first Vorthos cast of 2024. I'm Jay I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrissi. This is actually the 13th episode of the year. Um, but, you know, Jay, you're not around, so you wouldn't know. That, I'm not that out of the loop. What are we going from, Diwali? Like, what, what, what new year calendar are we basing this on? We're actually doing our fiscal year. This is the 13th episode of this fiscal year. Uh, and I'm Chris Delano. I'm here too. I, I'm just lying to, to bully you on our show. Lorelai, bully me? That's never happened before. No, I'm nice. It's a, it's a new year. Uh, and we are going to start it off talking about crime. Wait, no, no. no for, I just did. Fuck 2023. I just need to get that out there and out of my system at the beginning of this year. Last year sucked. Not a good year for me. Not either. a good year. Other than like, you know, I will say the podcast was good. We had a good podcast year, but like that's true. Ev- everything else in the world and my life just kind of sucked we in like, twenty twenty three. We broadly enjoyed Magic Story. Yeah, Magic was good. Magic was a good thing in twenty twenty three. That's actually understandable. We actually had a very positive reaction in general. Like aftermath was the big stinker, but we basically loved everything else. Yeah, but it's a new year, which means new chances for uh, Magic Story to be great, uh, which is exciting. Also, we get to see each other again in like a month and a half. Which yeah, is we we always have, really cool. We have a a panel, a main stage panel at MagicCon Chicago, eleven a.m. on Saturday. We're going to be talking about outlaws and criminals and ne'er-do-wells in the multiverse. Ne'er-do- I love that word so much, ne'er-do-well. I think it got used in uh, the I, It, it the made it through blurb. to the, yeah. I think mm-hmm. so. Anyway, it's, it's a good blurb. Um, the, the panel promises to be better than the blurb, even um oh yeah we're gonna have we're gonna have a lot of fun with it yeah it's it's gonna be a blast if you're uh at magic con chicago stop by uh if you're not i believe it should be getting recorded and posted shortly after it finishes on uh the wizards youtube um so hopefully everyone who couldn't attend which is most people uh will get to see it um and uh but magic story the uh murders at karloff manor story i okay i guess it started we did get the 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 first episode teaser uh last year but uh starts in earnest this week um so it's great we get more sean mcguire story 10 episodes murder mystery it's awesome people seem a little confused about like the jurisdictions involved and uh jay this is a segue into you talking about our topic dun, today. Dun. so this is <laughs> law and order ravnica i'm gonna see if i can edit in the the law and order sound is that legal i, I do this i i i Probably. sure hope it is <laughs> that we just use that for parody purposes so it sure is legal now that's how it works right uh <laughs> in the criminal justice system there are the azorius and the golgari and that's that's it that's that's basically the azorius keep bullying the golgari the whole time well yeah i mean it's sort of like that like the azorius justice system is you know the three branches of the azorius government are the sova column who writes the law the jalen column who Oh, no, I already messed that up. <laughs> Let's just we're, move on. We're, we're taking this a little further than it needs to go. We're, so uh, we are here to talk kind of because 
Murders at Karlov Manor is a murder mystery set, and who investigates murders but detectives and investigators of all kinds. Uh, we are here to talk about what criminal investigations actually look like on Ravnica, uh, both historically and up until now. And the big question that I've seen going around, is murder legal on Ravnica? And the answer may surprise you. It won't because I actually because I already know the answer. Because I, <laughs> I can see our notes. <laughs> uh, before we get too far into that, though, I do want to bring up because this is a thing that like a lot of people didn't like think about when Ravnica was announced as the setting for murders at Karlov Manser Manor. Uh, Ravnica's original story was a murder mystery. Like this is mm -hmm. this is a return to form for Ravnica, not a new thing. Yeah, the original novel, Ravnica City of Guilds, is a murder mystery that follows Agris Koss and a, uh, a penitent angel named Feather, who now has a card like 15 years later, or got a card like 15 years later, uh, who are Wojek investigators uh, from the League of Wojek in the Boros Legion. Uh, and they are tasked with investigating Bell Borka's death, uh, who is like a new guy who's supposed to be shadowing uh, Agris as he's getting a promotion he doesn't want. Uh, Agris has very much a I'm too old for this shit thing going on. Uh, and Belborka gets blown up by a goblin suicide bomber from the Rakdos. Uh, and that investigation ends up leading him to, you know, a millennia old vampire who is attempting to uh, influence the Golgari into taking over the Selesnia so that he can come and drain the tree. It's a whole thing. They they sure did try to make a plot that involved all the guilds involved in the set in a convoluted way. They sure <laughs> did. They sure did at that. Uh, so the original novel follows all that. We're not here for all that, though. But because we had a murder mystery in the original Ravnica, uh, we actually have a lot of insight into what criminal investigative work looks like on Ravnica. Uh, we knew that the Wojek had um, precincts all over the various districts of Ravnica. Uh, we knew that they kind of subcontracted out things that they weren't the best at elsewhere. So their equipment came from the Izzet. Their uh, their medics uh, came from the Simic, uh, things like that. Um, they had necrobiologists who were kind of the um, like the forensic technicians of their day. Uh, so there was a lot of that like world building already set up. Mm -hmm. However, uh, Agris ends up inadvertently breaking the guild pact when he arrests that millennia old vampire I mentioned earlier, Zadek, uh, and through like a loophole. Um, and also at the end of that story, uh, a whole lot of Wojek have been killed. Uh, so the Wojek get really decimated. And so by the third novel, the second novel kind of takes place off in the middle of nowhere get, yeah in udvara like where a whole there's a whole plot about these this, these dragon eggs that could rival niv mizzet and the mad is it mage who's trying to take over the plane it's a whole thing 
Uh, it also introduces Taste of Karlov, but that's neither here nor there. Because you have to weave all the guilds that are in that set together. Exactly. So, like, why exactly. why wouldn't a mad scientist who wants to hatch dragon eggs get involved with, like, unscrupulous bankers? It's obvious. Of course. Of course. Uh, so, the when the Wojek are decimated, they end up relying on volunteers from other guilds. Uh, so there's a character named Thon Zunik. Her father was Agris Koss's uh, original partner who died on the job. Uh, she ends up joining the Selesnia, and, and um, she becomes a Ledev, which are those uh, wolf riders that you see uh, every so often on the cards. Uh, they are responsible. They're basically highway patrol. Yeah, they're, they're, is the they're way the I describe them. They're the chips. So, yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, so that's a reference that's no our one's going to get. Uh, <laughs> Be careful with your your uh, imitation of the song there. I don't want to get a copyright infringement. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so anyway, we have nothing to fear from highway patrol. Come on. <laughs> from from chips, yeah. Uh, so they're basically the highway patrol uh, and Fawn, uh because of her history and because she is in a sort of equivalent field, ends up being a volunteer Wojek, so she donates some of her time uh, to help with the criminal investigations there. Uh, there are also, there's also something called the Hazda, which are volunteer law enforcement uh, that are very prominent outside of the 10th district. Uh, the 10th district, there's a lot of guild power centered there. So there's not, so, you know, the, the guild enforcement is very strong. But once you start getting, especially into districts that don't even have numbers and they're just the named districts, uh, usually there isn't much of a guild presence. And so it tip it basically comes down to like volunteer sheriffs more or less yeah. which are called hazda yeah they're like neighborhood watch but also like sometimes kind of little like neighborhood militia um cuz it's magic so everyone's got to be a little fighty <laughs> yeah well i mean yeah exactly it's they they got to be able to fight off say you know that rakdos troop who got a little lost and ended up in their little hamlet right um, so there's also the Hazda, uh, and it is implied that the Hazda are, uh, significantly more, uh, they're less equipped, but they are more likely to be get, to be meeting out actual justice than the Boros are. Uh, yeah, because they're not like authoritarian police. They are a community enforcement the community-based policing yeah, yeah. Uh, so and then we also there are bounty hunters from other guilds um gerard who becomes the golgari guild master at one point is a bounty hunter early on uh and that is sort of the way guilds police themselves they may put bounties on people uh which leads me sort of to the last question or hits on people for that matter <laughs> Is murder legal? So I'm going to read you a few quotes from the first novel uh, just to give you a little little bit of an idea of what, like, it says about crime and punishment and everything. So there was uh, this one. The the framework is a guy comes in uh, and he has his wife's ghost is haunting him uh, because she was uh, murdered. And uh, at first, someone thinks he did it, but... um, Anyway, Koss at this point, Agris Koss, doesn't believe this anymore. Doesn't believe that anymore. He thinks he's innocent, but also there's not much he can do about it anyway. 
there, so the quote is, there was little more Koss could do but explain to Culkin that once committed, murder was not technically against the law in the city of Ravnica. Not unless the, the victim wore a ten-pointed star like the one on Koss's chest. Even if Culkin had killed his wife himself, that would technically have been the couple's business so long as no one else was hurt and the victim wasn't a guild member prominent enough to warrant a trade violation charge. Hey, that's kind of messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, basically the only thing that is always murder is killing a Wojek officer. So the, the, the reason for this is basically the guilds only care about crimes that affect guild business. Uh, so that's what, what it was really boiling down to, is that it's only something the guilds prosecute or care about if it affects or interrupts guild business so like if you murder uh if you rob from an orzhov affiliated store then you might actually get prosecuted but if it's just some random guy on the street you know tough luck you should have saved up more for that orzhov chip so you're saying ravnica might actually just be some kind of dystopian oligarchy <sighs> it's it's not great i will tell you it's not great uh, I should also mention that many guilds, this is a quote, many guilds, especially the Orzhov and the Golgari, viewed murder as a business, and if the killer had the right paperwork, there was no crime. So, I mean, as long as you're connected in the guild and you've been hired properly and all the I's are dotted and the T's crossed, murder for hire is perfectly legal. The, the Orzhov and Golgari think of it as a business. The Rakdos think of it as entertainment. Yeah, I, the Rakdos aren't on there because it's just what they do. <laughs> uh, so another quote no. is... Ho, 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 ho. The Rakdos aren't on there because they would never, ever have the right paperwork. This is true. You're right. <laughs> the, other, the next quote is, The Guild Pack's magical influence was in force, but within those restrictions, the patchwork of Guild territories and free zones followed many different systems of justice. So it's also going to depend where you've committed the crime. If you commit the crime somewhere the guilds don't have much force, uh, the Hazda is more likely to lock you up or try and get justice than within the guild system itself. And this is part of the reason, too, that drives people to join the guilds, at least early on in the early world building. Some of this has shifted. Uh, some of it, you know, out of some of it for out-of-world uh, reasons and some of it for in-world reasons. Yeah, this is also pre-mending Ravnica. Or Ravnica, what is it, like 70 or 80 years ago? Something like that, yeah. Roughly. I could I could look it up, but why? It's, it's, it's less than 100 years ago. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 70 or 80. You're, it's you're not right. terribly long before the mending. Uh, so, in the last quote I wanted to mention is, in Ravnica, it, is, it was said the only murders that counted were murders of Wojeks, and legally, that was true. Uh, so yeah, to the question of is murder legal, it really depends on where in the patchwork Ravnican justice system you are, do you have the paperwork, and did it interfere with guild business? Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a complicated question. I'm really starting to think that this whole system that Azor set up is just not, um, it's not real good. It's not real good for people. You might almost say that the arbiter of law left chaos in his way. <laughs> Literally what I was about to say. <laughs> That's the name of the story for those of you who weren't around during Ixalan block. Original. Uh, specifically about Azor. 
All right, then we have Return to Ravnica. Um, so in Return to Ravnica, we saw a shift of who handled law enforcement. There are both in-universe and out-of-universe reasons for this. So uh, the Azorius Senate, which was mostly just the Senate of Ravnica in the first set, in the first block, uh, when we returned to Ravnica, they had these three columns, one of which was the Laev column, uh, which enforced the law specifically. And they had Azorius arresters. Um, out of universe, a lot of that was because um, I think just like the creative decision at the time was that it made more sense for the people making the laws to enforce them as well and to keep the vibe of the Boros to military, especially because like none of the law enforcement sh stuff actually really showed up on cards the first time around. Yeah, uh, it was all in the novel. The the in-universe reason is because the Boros really never recovered from the events of that original novel, and the Azorius just kind of grabbed for power. Um, and so there's some, you know, there's... I, I kind of like that there's some, like, jurisdiction issues between the mm -hmm. two. You know, that, that, that always works in a murder mystery where two different jurisdictions are bumping heads for primacy on a case well yeah you're you're trying to solve the murder but then the feds come in and take over your case and kick you off dirty small town cop but you gotta go against the law itself to uplift the law and solve the crime yeah that's how it goes <laughs> i would 100 percent draft like a, a charter to cover all this stuff because this, this this kind of minutiae is what i love uh, hence, okay, hence why Tesa. I was doing an emergency management for years and years and could, you know, write and read 200 page plans. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I guess it is important to note that, like, diegetically, this is also the second draft of the Guild Pact. After the Guild Pact is fractured in the original block, uh, Tesa helps write a new one, uh, which is. This is the non magical shaky. Guild Pact. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh. What doesn't last very long? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it lasts like less than 100 years and more than 60 years. But in in The Secretist, which is the uh, the two part novella Doug Bear wrote for um, Return to Ravnica uh, or Doug Byer, sorry. Uh, we learn that at least in this version of Ravnica, uh, non guild crimes are taken a little more seriously. Like Jace is pursued because he burnt down his own house. Uh, now, part of that is because he, you know, caused all sorts of chaos. I mean, if he had filed the proper paperwork, maybe he would have gotten away with it just fine. Uh, but he's pursued by Lavinia, who at the time is an Azorius arrester, and she is an investigator herself. Uh, and so non-guild crimes, like kind of like murder, uh, seem to be taken more seriously at this point. Although Lavinia gets told to back off on this several times and doesn't listen because uh, she is that rogue cop who is like just looking for justice while the system's being political but um yeah so things seem a little more just on ravnica that doesn't mean they are okay it, it's not a dystopia okay, anymore but on. like slightly better hold on ral still gets away with murdering a baby <sighs> that was a weird and i mean that literally <laughs> it was an elemental fusion of malik two was elements. still a baby Oh. Mal Malik, Malik did exist for like 15 minutes, yes. So I guess technically Malik was a baby. Yeah. Ral kills Malik and gets away with it. 
It's like the five second rule, but with 15 <laughs> minutes for a weird. If you, if you kill the weird within 15 minutes, it's not actually murder. It, it, hasn't, it, it hasn't been around long enough to have sentience, right? Like, it's fine. Uh, um, so when we came back during Guilds of Ravnica, uh, the Boros have a semi-investigatorial role again. They're less military. Well, they're still military, but they have like MPs and the Wojek serve sort yeah, of as like, like military police and military intelligence. So, like, one of the problems the Boros have with Ravnik and world building is them being a military makes literally zero sense. They exist entirely to put down Rakdos riots. That's like, I, that, that whole military role, I, I think, is like yeah, 90% like, of the reason. They're militarized cops and, like, SWAT teams. And, but that's, like, not an army. That's like cops who are taking things too far. I mean, it's kind of reflecting real life. I feel like the SWAT teams <laughs> in the United States are basically militaries. Like, it makes no sense to describe them as an army because they're an army against what? No, they're cops trying to yeah. be law enforcement through military action. It's very fashy. So my headcanon has always been Azor specifically had this military force here. Uh, because he knew a planar invasion could happen sometime like the the guild that was the most useful and helpful during war of the spark was the boros legion right mm -hmm. like so well and, and like there was also a planar barrier though sort of ravnik is complicated I mean, we're not getting into ravnik of, not, that's that we don't need to get into that that's a whole tangent that i almost sent us off on and i'm doing the responsible thing and pulling us back to guilds of ravnica Thank you so much. Uh, th around this time, if you want to talk uh, fashion as well, Az Azorius starts, the Azorius start investigating pre-crime. Oh, yeah, well, that's, that's Dovin. <laughs> that's that's Dovin's all Dovin. Uh, that man, that man was a fascist. Uh, he never saw Minority it. Report. So, yeah, there's a lot of that, and there's a lot more surveillance, active surveillance going on through Thopters that, uh, Dovin brings to the Azorius, and they deploy to uh, good, not really good measure, but you very could, efficient you measure. You could say he had a Thopter spy network. Yeah, you could say that, Chris. You could. <laughs> part part <laughs> of the reason Dovin bends the Azorius this way is in service of Bolus's plot, which is one to destabilize unity on Ravnica by uh, enforcing fascist surveillance policies and greatly increasing the number of arrests um and just sowing uh a political discord with uh under the guise of safety and security um and to create sort of like a military compound to store the immortal sun during the whole invasion part um mm -hmm. and so we get to see that law enforcement angle taken to an extreme end as it's already really extreme but like they just Dovin just takes it all the way up to 11 um using pretty much all the systems that are already in place um Dovin's not a great person yeah there there was no during this this time period um the like arbiter of all magical law on uh Ravnica was off uh being a pirate so it wasn't really working out well for the plane uh, in that sense as well. <laughs> that That's maybe an important part of law enforcement to talk about is the Living Guild, Guild Pact. 
let's yeah. so let, let, let's talk about the the legislative side of Ravnica. So legal the legal side of Ravnica, not just the order side yeah. of Ravnica, but the law side uh, is the Azorius and the Orzhov. Uh, so the Az- Azorius are sort of like um, criminal statutes, and the Orzhov are more like civil statutes. Um, both deal heavily in law. Uh, Orzhov, you're probably going to get your property law, your defense attorneys, things like that. Uh, the Azorius, you're going to get your uh, prosecutors, um, your district attorneys, like that, that, that sort of thing on their law mage side. Uh, and the Azorius also make the laws, and they do nothing but make laws a lot of the time. Uh, and it's obnoxious to everyone else because they will frequently change the laws on people out of nowhere uh, or just create like the most deliberately obtuse legalese they possibly can. They think it's perfection, but to everyone else, it becomes inaccessible. It's not great. It's not a great system. It's not great. It's not a great system. No, no. It's not great to have a system where many of your citizens can't even understand what the law is. Speaking yeah. of that, reminder to everyone in the United States, your taxes are going to be due uh, come April. And it's always good to get started on those early. Wow. Purposefully making things convoluted to keep certain people enriched and in power instead of, you know, making it free and more accessible and simple. That would never happen in real life. Gonna gonna call up Orzhov block uh, tax preparers, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe uh, the, the turbo is it tax preparers. Oh, God, I would not trust the it to prepare your tax paperwork. Every time someone in Europe tells me that they logged into their government portal and hit one button and pay their taxes today, I scream and cry and throw up because I live in the United States of America. America! Similarly to, to Ravnica, you pay your taxes and you just hope you paid the right amount. And uh, if you didn't, you're going to have a Karlov at your door uh, taking you away to eternal servitude. I'd much rather have a Karlak at my door. Uh, so let's talk, let's move on to Murders at Karlov Manor now. So Murders at Karlov Manor introduces the agency, the Ravnican Agency of Magicological Investigations, uh, which is an independent agency made up of former both gilded and uh, ungilded investigators or gateless, guildless investigators. Uh, I think it's a really interesting concept. Part of their explanation for this is in the wake of March of the Machines, all the guilds were at their weakest, and uh, in order to avoid inter-guild fighting, they've handed over the investigation duties to... to the agency. Yeah, so they're they're basically independent contractors uh, whose purpose is to solve mysteries and then let the Ravnikan systems take over from there. Um, yeah, that that is exactly it. And they hand it off to whoever is whoever's the appropriate guild uh, after that point. Uh, not all the guild leaders love this they don't love having some of their power taken away and given to an independent organization uh you know oversight oversight's not real popular with uh with ravnican guilds i can't wait for the rest of these stories (laughs) shannon really nails nails a lot of a lot of good stuff in in these stories anyway 
that's getting ahead of myself. We'll have episodes about the stories in the future. Uh, Starting next week, actually. Really? Uh, yeah, because the story comes out today as of day of release. And so by oh, next week, you'll have a, you'll have the first four episodes. I just want to say how so we, we got on the, the discussion a little bit earlier about like the legislative process and laws. How does the Living Guild Pack factor into this? Like, oh, yeah, well, I did kind of skip over that. Yeah, so the living... there is a dragon who is just sort of in charge of all this now. So I'd like to know how that's related. So the original Guild Pact was like a magically binding charter uh, that the guilds were bound to follow. Basically, uh, it restricted them all. It, it restricted any one guild from having too much power. Uh, something they all tried to circumvent forever. Uh, and it also ensured that they all had a place in Ravnican society. So when we talk about Ravnica being a dystopia, we also have to remember that it was founded as like these 10 uber-powerful armies, and this is a compromised government between 10 different factions. Uh, it was never going to be super pretty if you wanted someone like Rakdos to sign on. So there's that. Just just putting that out there. I'm not saying it was it was the right thing at the right time, but there is a reason it sucks. <laughs> uh, the Living Guild Pact uh, is also sort of the independent arbitrator of the guilds. So he, uh, as Living Guild Pact, you have the power. Your your word is law sort of but you can't just make things up like you can uh if if it is actually like the law you can speak the law into being so tesa karlov uses this to uh she kind of tricks jace into confirming some like minor obscure laws are in fact true uh and then she uses them to try and break into the orja vault through various loopholes it's it, it's kind of great in one of her uh Return to Ravnica stories. With Tadric, who is uh, a member of the Boros, who is helping her do a little investigative work. That's See, it true. all ties together. They're dating. As Living Guild Pact... It's not canon, though. Niv-Mizzet is the most powerful being on the plane. He's, like, magically imbued He's with so the power of the, of the plane. Uh, and with the power of the guild pact and it's like ley lines from all over are now empowering him so he's like this dragon avatar now uh and what that actually means is he is the voice that resolves disputes between um uh, between the guilds so like when jace first became the uh the guild pact niv tested jace's power by saying we declare war on somebody and jace said no <laughs> and it was like okay then <laughs> <laughs> so like he has the power to keep them all to to compel them within the bounds of the guild pact uh and to uh, arbitrate between the guilds uh but that power only extends so far he's not the dictator yeah of ravnica he's like he's sort of like a judge like super judge yeah, I mean he's I, I, like like his, I would describe it as like the the independent arbitrator. Like yeah. he is not he is he is not he had to give up uh his stake in the is it uh in order to take this position. 
and he it's 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 an odd position for people who are used to like federal systems of government he he can't make laws but he can enforce them as i think the biggest thing to understand about the guild pack he like can sort of make laws okay in the same sense that the supreme court kind of sort of makes laws sort of sort of kind of like that they they can't like the Supreme Court cannot change the text of a law, but they sure can interpret it in a way that works best yes. for them. Yeah. So I think and the I think a has that same judicial. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. That that look from like a judicial angle is a good one. It's not quite perfect, but yeah, it's it's a good one. Uh, it's a good analogy. Uh, so shall we t- talk about the investigators we know about on Ravnica already? Yeah. There's a new guy. He's pretty cool looking. There's a new guy. There's Alquist Proft. I love him. Uh, who is our, uh, if you've read the flavor text already, it's very clear. He is our Sherlock Holmes analog. He is, he's a good, he's a good detective character. I, he's so fun. I love him. So I suspect, I don't know this for sure, but I suspect that uh, we're going to have archetypes of various uh, detective personalities throughout this so i'm just hoping i'm very excited for like i'm hoping we get a columbo type character and my vote <laughs> for that columbo type character would be agris Koss, ghost cop he's too old and too dead for this like this is i, I just want him to like walk up to like walk up to tasa and just be like and just one more thing tasa <laughs> uh but agris is our original detect uh original ravnica detective we got a card of him being a ghost uh fairly recently uh and in a way that sort of hints that it is um post mending and that he is still around yeah and uh, he's he, he's more equivalent to like the police procedural detective where yeah yeah where he you know he's not an independent detective who was hired on to help with the case he is the police guy who is investigating he's he's the elliot stabler of the group. <laughs> i was thinking of stabler too <laughs> he's the ice cube <laughs> or is it ice tea you know i always get those two mixed up anyway uh feather was agris's partner uh she is currently free on ravnica uh and she was a detective although currently she is like I think she's like captain of the Parhelion 2, or at least she's assigned to it. She, so she I think she back. seemed pretty in charge last time we saw her of it. Yeah, yeah. I I think there's, I, I don't remember or, if there's or, flavor text. Uh, yeah, or like, in, I'm sitting here like, or maybe that was just flavor text we wrote for March of the Machine that didn't get published. I, that's I that's my thing. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> can I, can I say this is canon or? I don't remember. She's still there though. She's still do there. I. I'm pretty sure it is something with the Parhelion 2 in general, but... Uh, Hold on, now this is going to bother it, me. I gotta is she up. like the Olivia Benson? Is, is Agris <laughs> Koss and Feather just like Law & Order SVU team up here? I know that there's like original Law & Order that has like its own cast of characters, but like I have only ever seen SVU okay. and I've seen there's a lot of it. Isn't there? There's like a bunch. There's like Criminal I Intent. I think that one's pretty bad. I'm under 60 years old, so I cannot tell you how many Law & Orders there are. I don't know. Oof. I've watched a lot of Law and Order, so and there are quite a few. Okay, <laughs> there's not there's not enough time to. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting up there. 
I cannot find this for the life of me. But yeah, it might be a flavor text out there. I might be making it up, one or the other. Some of our others include Fawn Zunik, who I mentioned before. Uh, she worked as a Ladev and as like the volunteer Wojak back in the day. And finally, uh, Lavinia herself. Uh, she was put in charge of the Azorius Guild last we saw her as like a temporary measure. Yeah. Uh, I don't recall. Did she show up in the first episode? Uh, I don't think so uh, so we, yeah, yeah we well, don't we don't know exactly what her disposition is yet but uh she was also an investigator uh so if, it'll be nice to see lavinia again she is definitely leave, the police procedural cop yeah 100 uh, percent. you you did leave someone off of this list of known investigators for ravnica though who uh, who, who did i forget uh the most important one kellen who is now a detective <sighs> okay okay with the agency like, He's the Encyclopedia MKM. Brown of this whole, you know, case. Like, come on. He's a hardy boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, is a, he is a hardy boy. Professional hardy. <laughs> Kellen, Kellen Oko-san, professional hardy boy. There, There is a card from uh, War of the Spark that says, At Feather's Command, squadrons of battle angels swarmed out of the Parhelion 2. So that implies that it. she is, yeah, that she is... That was before us, but yeah, uh, that does imply that she is sort of in charge on the part. Oh, the, the we did it was referring to the part where we found the flavor text. It wasn't in our oh. dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is one of the trouble of working on. Uh, I've I think I've worked on like 11 sets by now uh, and sometimes keeping what is actually true and what was maybe true is a little tricky. <laughs> usually very very good at it but uh mm -hmm. it, it can be tough spur of the moment to remember and this is like the problem i think a lot of the creative folks have too is they've gone through so many iterations uh -huh. like it can be hard to remember what was the actual final <laughs> final one right like mm -hmm. what did we actually do even i have trouble with that sometimes. i'm just like sorry but i worked on march of the machine over a year ago <laughs> worked on multiple sets since then. Yeah. So I don't remember what I did. Uh, I, I think one, one of the things I do want to note about, like, known investigators is that um, the agency does also, like... Well, the agency itself has non-guild people that it... Um, are people that are, are assigned to two cases. Um, it will also... Deputize isn't the right word. Um, but it will, like, bring on guild people as contractors. Um, we have a few spoiler cards already from the set. Uh, and so, like, Benthic Criminologists, uh, is, uh, so the flavor text here. Scientists from the Simic Combine are regularly seconded to, ver to various detective agencies in hopes that sharing their expertise will improve the guild's tarnished reputation. Uh, so guild members sometimes do get brought on to the agency's cases to help out as, uh, like, experts. Uh, so um, in in terms of, like, uh, like forensic analysis, uh, like you might bring on a Rakdos assassin to, like, have some expert testimony about blood splatter patterns or something uh so anybody on ravnica should they fit the case could be their own little detective bean and that's exciting well we 
we do know that uh, Alquist Proft does team up with a Demir uh, agent in Atrada. Uh, they have a little adventure together that we see on the cards already. Mm-hmm. A little bit mm-hmm. of that is on the cards. I can't, I, like I, said, yeah. I can't wait till these stories are all out. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm very excited for this story. I love a good murder mystery. I love uh, writing by Sean and McGuire. It's it's always so good. Uh, does I'm, does Proft have a vampire assassin Watson? Have I to, would have to okay, read and look. find out. If that's if that's how the story shakes out and Proft and Atrada are like a little team together, I will be so happy. And it's not just like them running into each other. Like that's the kind of stuff I want to see on a new Ravnica set is like, give me the, you know, weird team ups between the guilds. That was one of the highlights of the War of the Spark yeah. set was the, um, the team up cards. And then also March of the Machine. We love seeing a team up. I keep finding myself in positions in this episode where I want to say a thing that is more appropriate for our looking back at the 10 episodes of the story episode. Uh, Once so I it's all actually out. <laughs> you know, the- Chris, basically what I'm saying is, Chris, stop tempting me. <laughs> stop it, Chris. Uh, I will say we can we can always wrap this up a little early so y'all don't get in trouble. Because I'm the only one on here who's allowed to, like, speculate or think yeah. about things. So. No, and, and so, like, the, the purpose of this episode, like, normally before a return set, we'll do, like, a catch-up episode in case this is your first time on the world. For for this set in particular, it's not a return to Ravnica set. One, because that set already exists. And two, because, like, Ravnica isn't the theme. Murder mystery is the theme. Uh, so... Uh, we thought, like, a look at what murder mysteries mean and what solving mysteries in law enforcement on Ravnica means would be uh, kind of a more appropriate focused look. So, Also, if you want a complete history of Ravnica and like summaries of the guilds, it's like episode 30 through like 36. We did uh, abridged histories of pre and post mending Ravnica and then a whole bunch of like guild focuses around then as well. Am I still cis so. in some of those episodes? That's I, wild. That's I don't think so. Ago. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you transitioned. I, is it before the twenties? I don't remember. I, don't I, I think remember. it, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it's there. There's a lot of stuff in Ravnica that we've already covered in previous episodes. Most all of that is still relevant. I think like the last time we were on Ravnica was for War of the Spark, and that's like yeah. a weird thing to think about. Like. That was a long time ago. Uh, that was 2019. You know? Yeah. That, well, it was a long time ago for for Magic Story because we've had a we've had an entire arc between then and now. So, I yeah, I'm excited for a return to Ravnica. That's not a return to the guild sets of Ravnica, and yeah. we get to explore a new story. Yeah. Um, this episode is coming out in the morning on the day of the first story release. So, like, if you hear this episode. At 8 a.m. or well, technically 7:30. If uh, any of you are fast enough to go check our uh, 7:30 Eastern time on our SoundCloud, is when it goes up. Uh, but if you're listening to this at 8 a.m. on a Monday morning, uh, you can finish this whole episode and then still have time to go uh, join our Patreon and get access to our Discord, where you can talk about the first, uh, well, the second episode of the story as it comes out. So, yeah, that's a little little plug there. So, Chris, pop quiz. Uh-huh. Who do you think is getting murdered and who do you think the murderer is going to be? All right. All right. Who do I think is getting murdered is a really any, hard Any question. combination. If there's more than one, we're not going to hold it against you. 
So a lot of the art kind of like leans into the idea that it might be Tessa, but I don't I don't think Tessa's getting murdered in her own house. You know, mm-hmm. I think she might be getting eyed as being potentially the murderer or someone who, you know, plotted to have it happen. I think we're going to see someone like uh, one of the one of the Simic leaders maybe gets murdered. I think that would be there's two of them. There's Vanifar and what's her face um, mm-hmm. and what's like, her face. Yeah, the Merfolk lady. She could. Zagana, you can get rid. Yeah, yeah Zagana. One, one of them could get got pretty easily. Uh, we both know they're at the party, so it would make sense. Uh, it could be uh, this Archon guy who's in charge of the the agency. Mm, that would be that a would twist. make that would. Well, I don't know if it'd be a twist so much as like, yeah, you put the head of the police and the the murder party who's going to get got. Uh, so I'm I'm excited not, to see oh, where it goes. Though. He's I don't, not the head of the police. He's the head of the. He's a detective. He's not a cop. He solves mysteries. He does not enforce the law. These are those are two different things, which is the thing. I need people to understand that not all murder mysteries are copaganda. Sometimes it's just solving a mystery. Who done it is a question of ascertaining the truth, not a question of enforcing the law. And you can solve a murder with a detective and have it not be related to cops at all. This yeah, story does no, have a yeah. lot of cops in it. I'll be clear about that. <laughs> quite a few. There are quite a few good, uh, like, good stories about that. Murder mystery as a genre often has cops. is often adjacent to law enforcement, uh, but it is not inherently copaganda. And in fact, a lot of murder mysteries are very scathing critiques of uh, police and law enforcement. Uh, this is my little passionate tirade about a genre that I enjoy a lot continue yeah i mean we we do get to see even in in the like card previews we've had so far uh aurelia is like i'm going to declare war on the cold of rakdos uh unless y'all solve this this you know problem this is the cop literally saying i'm gonna create a war in the streets of the city if y'all don't find out who the murderer is so yep i don't know if that looks really good for the cops yeah good old time pressures in a murder mystery though it's important to have something like that happen Story, yeah. story Aurelia wise, is just, not that it's a good thing. Oh, and, Aurelia is no, 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 just genre savvy. We need, we need, <laughs> you know? we need to get back on track, Chris. Who do you think the murderer is, or murderers the murderer? are? Uh, I think that the murderer is going to be. Uh, I want to think it's going to be someone from off plane, but they like are trying to to make it look like it's uh, like a Rakdos person. I feel like Massacre Girl is like an obvious like person you'd pin a murder on, but it's so obvious that no one would fall for it. You know, mm-hmm. like. You'd be like, oh, look, Massacre Girl did it. And everyone would be like, oh, come on. That's so easy. Her name is Massacre Girl. Um, like, That's literally what half the half the chats were in, like, on every social media platform. Well, of course we know who did it. You have Massacre Girl right there. <laughs> yeah, so I, I feel like, uh, I don't know a name of a person, but I want to say it's going to be someone from off-plane who, who slipped in via an omen path. Uh, and I definitely think Lazav is involved in here somewhere. So what you're telling me is you're fingering Lazav. Uh, I am not going to do that, actually. Um, as as much as I think Lazav is a very handsome shapeshifter, um, I think I'll keep my hands to myself. Most shapeshifters are, to be fair. I do just love how slang terminology has changed, because fingering a suspect it sure is cop lingo for a couple decades uh significantly less appropriate look now. we are we we are in a different era of um of detective work than nuka Pena, where dick was just a slang word for a detective 
You got a private oh. dick on the case. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll I'll tell you. I'll tell you my actual like speculation for what's going to happen. Okay. They're going to find someone's been killed, and then they're all going to start investigating, and. There's going to be a little riot in the street, and it's going to be right outside of this really mysterious house of healing that's there. And everyone's going to be like, oh, these are the guild neutral healers. They're here to help us all. But it's going to turn out that they're actually a fanatical cult devoted to Merit Lage. Okay. Are you, are you saying and, we're, we're incorporating the Boom Comics into Murders of Carlisle Manor? We are recreating the Boom Comics. That's what we're doing. All right. Read the Boom Comics. Let's the Boom Comics are very good. Final thoughts. Should we do final thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, do a final thought. Uh, what? Uh, I don't even know what I want to talk about. Happy New Year, everybody. I had just a nice, you know, nice relaxing, nice relaxing week with my family, with my wife not having to, to work and the kids home. We had a great time. It was lovely. I don't know. I don't I, I don't know. Gigabash is on uh, there it is. like some of the places. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is on the on like P, if you have PS Plus, Gigabash might be free for you right now. So go go check it out. That's all I got. Uh so my final thought is that uh in the course of having uh two generations of Pokemon on the Switch now, um and by two generations, but like th- really four main series titles, because we have uh Sword and Shield, uh as one set of titles, then we have Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl as a second set, uh, then we have Pokemon Legends Arceus as a third, and then we have Scarlet and Violet as the fourth. So uh, I have Shiny strewn through a few games, and I'm starting to forget which ones I already have and which ones I don't. Um, and so I realized, I was like, I should just make, like, a spreadsheet. And then I realized I have too many Pokemon spreadsheets already. What I should really do is create, like, an actual central spreadsheet that incorporates all my spreadsheets. Uh, so one of my extremely autistic Pokemon-related projects is creating a living Pokedex in Pokemon Home of uh, every Pokemon Home depositable form, uh, all caught in appropriate Pokeballs. By appropriate, in this case, I mean Pokeball matches the Pokemon as closely as possible. Um... This includes gender difference forms, um, uh, region forms, uh, every Alchemy, every Unknown, every Vivian, all that stuff. Uh, because I'm a normal human who interacts with games uh, <laughs> at a, in a normal way that uh, everyone does this, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, so I have, and need to list out every Pokemon with every form. Uh, make a list of the Pokeball I want them to be in for the Living Decks. I have a column for if I have them for the Living Decks already. A uh, column for what Pokeball I would like them to be in uh, as a Shiny, uh, which isn't required. I, I like Shiny Pokemon, which means I will catch them by any means necessary. If I can get them easily obtained then in a specific ball, that's great. I like to keep note of that. And I have a column for if I have that Pokemon as a shiny already. Uh, I have a column for uh, shiny Pokemon nicknames, so I don't double up on any. Uh, I have a column specifically because I want to do an alpha Pokemon uh, Pokedex living dex thing uh, sitting in Pokemon Legends Arceus. Uh, the Pokedex of which I also want to fully complete, which is insane. There are so many little tasks. 
Uh, and then I have a column for if I have used that Pokemon in just a casual playthrough of, of a game. Because I like to replay Pokemon games a lot. They're a lot of fun. Uh, and, you know, there's over a thousand Pokemon. So there's just like a lot of different Pokemon you can use on a team. And it's fun to just use different ones and, and see how things work. And uh, but discover that there are Pokemon that I like a lot more than I thought I did. Or learn to like new Pokemon. Uh, which is fun. And then so we're confirmed that there are Pokemon I hate. So I'm doing a big... I have a... I was like, I just need to combine everything into one spreadsheet. So uh, that's what I'm... I started working on this uh, the night we were recording. So, Good yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, literally. <laughs> I will say I do I do have also have a living Dex, but I... And I try Mine's to better. do like a form Dex. Yes, I know, Lorelai. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. But I also have children to care for. Uh, what, what you mean is you have children who can partake in the labor for you. You're right, no, but no, also. It ends up, I end up doing the the Pokemon busy work for Arjun, not the other way around. <laughs> anyway, Chris, what are your final thoughts? You can get Dia in on it, that way all of your Pokemon spreadsheets will be weirdly sticky. She, you yeah, just won't really God. understand why. Everything I just don't understand. I'm like, how is this sticky? You're not sticky. How is <laughs> How is this toy you just handed me that was clean five minutes ago? How is it sticky now? What is she, two now? She's two, yes. She's two Okay, first of all, fucked up that she's two and not, like, a little baby a newborn, baby. Mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. I thought she was going to be forever, but... I, I agree with you on that, yeah. <laughs> I was I was also under that misconception, uh, and now she has attitude. Like, I asked I her just, for one of her strawberries. She roared at you, yeah. No, oh, no, so I asked for, where's daddy's kissy? And she went, no. <laughs> and uh, earlier today, I asked her for a strawberry, uh, and she said, no, me. And then she went and ate one and looked me dead in the eyes and went, mmm. <laughs> no, I don't have kids and I'm never going to have kids, but I have heard of the terrible twos. It's not so terrible. She's she's cute. There's a lot of crying, but, you know, you you eventually just turn out that tune out that frequency of crying altogether. So it doesn't bother you that much. I mean, there's a lot of crying in all of our lives these days, isn't there? I mean, that's fair. Uh, well, yeah. what? I mean, there's no crying in baseball, though. Uh, what set was Nick? What set was baseball? Uh, were... That was Theros Beyond Death. That was the uh, yeah. second set I worked on. There, there's there's a little crying in Theros Beyond Death. Anyways, uh, yep. my final thought is, um, you know, Jay gets to mention Gigabash on the show every single oh, week. Oh, yeah, talk about your game. Here. Talk about it. Uh, there, there's a game called Gunfire Reborn, uh, actually introduced to me by Michael Yichow. Um, but it is a like a roguelike first person shooter, sort of like a Dune situation or Doom situation, excuse me, uh, where you're like going through places and shooting creatures a bunch. Uh, but it's like a roguelike. So like you get guns with different abilities and like power ups and scrolls and like you kind of create your character as you go along um the game is incredibly addictive uh and i they just added an infinite play mode where you can just like keep playing the game and it never comes to an end point and uh that is dangerous for me i'll spend like two hours <laughs> just playing this game uh so i highly recommend it it's it's really cheap it's on steam it's very cheap there's like dlc you can buy that's also very cheap uh there's no like subscription or game pass or anything like that it's like if you buy the game and the DLC, you have access to everything. Um, so it's it's very good. And I uh, just wanted to shout it out because I think I've mentioned it before, but it's been a while. Hell yeah. Also, another final thought is I am all set and ready to go to Chicago. And thank you, patrons, for helping make that happen. Because uh, it's a, not a cheap trip. <laughs> Staying in hotels and flying places is not cheap. 
Uh, we couldn't <laughs> do it without you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the only reason we can do this meetup is because of patrons like you. Well, I was I was all ready to be like, well, ignoring all the final thoughts to segue into the magic story starting soon and you can come talk about it on our Discord thing. And then y'all went and like tried to set up a segue into the part where I talk about Patreon and now my plans are in ruins. So I get, we have a patreon.com slash the Vorthos cast. You can give us money <laughs> and come on our Discord and talk about magic story. I guess. I guess. You can also come talk about Gigabash. It would make Jay so happy. I, I, I would make me happy. Oh, oh, wait. No, bonus final thought. Delicious in Dungeon, Dungeon Meshi. Out on Netflix, one episode a week uh, on Thursdays. Uh, start watching. Go watch Dungeon Meshi. The manga rules. Uh, I watched the first episode. Rules. Um, yeah, Dungeon Meshi. What is it on again? Uh, it's on Netflix. Oh, okay, cool. Dungeon Meshi. But list, it's d- Delicious in Dungeon is the English title. Oh, but okay. I got it. I, my weebier trait is I read the manga already, so I'm just going to call it Dungeon so Meshi. Go like, I'm it. never going to use mm-hmm. the English title because that's not how it exists in my brain. Um, mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can go see uh, Marcel, the most pathetic Italian half-elf wizard. (laughs) (laughs) I like her. All right. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.